We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. I am your social worker with the microphone. Good morning, and thanks for joining me this morning and my co-host, Lauren Deller. Lauren barely got here this morning. <laughs> well, she's here, but, you know, Lauren, you're so perfect for the Catherine Zox Show, oh, all about oh, oh, oh. women. But before I say, I, I want to get into that a little bit, but Lauren, we're number one again. on the I can't yeah. believe it. So I know you can't because you emailed me and you said, what does this mean? What do the, we don't even know what the numbers mean. Is that typically women? I don't know what they mean either, but I get this whole big like graph in this chart saying you're number one. Uh-huh. And I have, we have to talk to our producer, Tacey, because I don't really know what it means. I mean, she says number one and I just say great, you know, but I don't really know what the numbers mean. I don't know what the numbers mean either, but I, obviously it means number one, but yes. then from there, what does it mean? Exactly. We don't know. We'll find out. We'll, we'll find be out. That much How many more people knowledgeable. are listening? How many, you know, because uh, we have to really know the exact numbers, I think. Anyway, so I think that's kind of, I don't know if it's a typical woman. That's a terrible thing to say, but we didn't, we really, neither one of us exactly know what the whole... It sort of sounds like a cheerleader. I know we're number one, but I'm not sure how and why. I'm not sure why exactly. <laughs> That's sad. Well, we almost, you almost didn't get on the air this morning, and we want to share this with all the ladies who are listening who are feeling bad about themselves, can't get their act together, life is unbalanced, the kids are driving them nuts, their husband or partner or whoever, because Lauren was sitting here two minutes before the show, weren't you, my dear? And the Literally two minutes, literally, with um, a little two-and-a-half-year-old that only wanted me to take her potty, and the nanny hadn't shown up yet, and she wanted to be read a book, and, you know, I can't read a book when I'm going to be on the radio, and the nanny wasn't here yet, so, you know, what you know what I realized as I'm sitting in this moment, as soon as she arrived, which was like literally you heard her 30 seconds ago, I had to go in my office and close the door, and it's like the, we have to be so nimble and be able to transform in seconds, literally. Flexibility, absolutely. That is really key, because, Lauren, most you know, I mean, you do any kind of a show, uh, radio show, television, theater, or whatever you do, or even go into a business meeting. You know how you give yourself, I mean, before you have kids, uh, and especially if you're doing work at home, because that makes it, you know, and the kids are home, but it's like you have time to kind of take a chill. They tell you to relax, get yourself and your head in order. In this case, you have... You don't have time to do that. You just have to do it. But you do it. Of course. And I think that's success. That's what makes people successful, and it makes people not successful. Because in the moment when you have to be, you know, it, you don't have hours to transition, and you don't have, you know, an hour to do a meditation. You don't have. You don't. Who has that? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? An hour to do it? Yeah, a meditation and calming yourself and transition from one, you know, work to home and home to work. And so many days, so many people these days work out of their homes. Excuse me, the transition is when you open the damn door. Exactly. <laughs> Light the candles and, um, and burn the house down actually. Exactly. No right? way. It's not it's not reality. It isn't reality. And it's very tough out there. And it's, <laughs> you can imagine. And it's and I guess it, and we're going to talk about single moms too because I think it's even Harder! Oh yeah. my God! Yeah, and I'm home. I'm home alone. Literally, I mean, this week's four days. He left Monday morning. He'll be home tonight. You know, after bedtime. So, um, technically, I'm doing it on my own fifty percent of the time. So, when he walks to the door, do you feel like you want to shoot him? 
Some moments, yes. Yeah. And then, so what do you do to kind of not do that? Because here you've got your husband coming home. He's stressed out from totally different things than you are. Absolutely. And he'll say that. He'll say that. I think part of it is telling him, you know what, just like you need, um, a, what's the word I'm looking for, acknowledgement for you having a hard week, I also need acknowledgement. And I have to tell him that I need acknowledgement. It sounds stupid, but, you know, if I'm going to acknowledge him for his hard week, I also want to be acknowledged. It's not stupid, and it's validation. And I interviewed somebody on my other show that brought up this exact topic, Les Parrott, Les and Leslie Parrott. They are both psychologists. They have this fabulous marriage, I'm assuming. And they've written a book. I don't know what the book, I can't remember the name of the book. But what she said is the one key thing to a good relationship is empathy. And gave that example of when your partner or your husband or your spouse walks through the door and what you really feel like, well, first of all, the one who walks through the door feels like saying, just leave me alone for exactly. half an hour. They, they have the same need for compassion and empathy, too. Empathy. And if you will spend the time, just she said, like 60 seconds empathizing with what they've been through, both of you together, that sets the tone for the rest of the evening. Try it. She said it works. I don't know. But uh, instead of just doing, like, leave me alone, either one of you or one of them starts, you know what my day was like. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because there ends up being this, like, Poor me, and look, I can top that. And I hate that. I try not to go there. I try to be very aware of when we're doing that to each other. Like, oh, my day was this. Well, my day was this. And that's like, that's just setting us up for, you know, competing who has the worst day. Well, you know what? I don't want to play that game. No, and but that's what people, I think that's what most of us tend to do, or I tend, I, I tend to do that. So try the empathy thing. And kind of like if when you're, and, and you're not at that stage yet, but like, when your kids come home from school, moms particularly, and they've got their papers, they want to show you, and they have all their stuff, well, you've, been, you've got a lot of stuff going on, too, or you've had a lot of stuff, and you don't feel necessarily like looking at all their stuff and talking, but you do it. You tend to do it with your kids. And you get totally. good, yeah, and you get good feedback, and, yeah. and it creates a good relationship. Try to translate that to your, your spouse, partner or your, your partner. spouse. Yeah. Try. I agree with that. I think that's really important. I think that they always get the worst end of us. <laughs> and vice versa. I think we get the worst end of them, too. Which end do you want? Oh, you know. <laughs> Which end are you willing to give? <laughs> that could be a whole different show, Catherine. <laughs> it's Internet radio. We can say whatever we want. Which is I, I think we are saying it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it, after a hard day, you don't want either end. That's it's the true. Problem, it's right? true. So empathy, empathy is the word. Uh, you know, just be able to. Well, I mentioned the Bob Dylan song. I, I wish for just one time you could stand inside my shoes. Of course, the second part of that is you'd know what a drag it is to see you. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I don't know if you know that's positively Fourth Street. That's the song. But anyway, I love that. Um, yeah. Well, you don't want to say the second part of it. Just you know. But you it really, is the truth. Yeah, it is. That is the truth. I mean, I think it's the truth in both. Both, both those statements, put them together, there's even more truth. I, wa- I want you to try the empathy thing because I want to see if it works. I, you so, know, I, I will take that and try that. So when Rob comes home, and, and his expectation is going to be also that you're going to get into probably the kind of one-upsmanship. Well, I had, can you imagine, four days with the two-year-old and you're out there, blah, blah. Okay, instead, do you just do this empathy thing and... 60 seconds and see if it sets the tone for the rest of the evening. It changes the tone, but you know what? We don't practice it as often as we should. No. Yeah. 
so. Well, but try it. Okay. Well, I'm gonna, you know what? We have to try it for more than one night. It's got to be, like, consistent for three whole nights or something, you know? So what's happening with the California thing? Or can, can you say any? Can you? Can you? <laughs> Do you want to, did I talk about that on the radio? Uh, yeah, you did. Well, I, that's, oh, I just God, say California funny. thing, but um, um, you mean the potential of him getting another job? Yeah. Um, it's looking like I don't know. He had the interview. We'll know next week if he's one of two of four selected for the next interview. He doesn't think so. After the interview process, he thinks there's two other people that are more qualified. So we'll see. Are you secretly wishing that he doesn't get it? Like yes. I used to do when my kids were playing. Sports, which was a really nasty mother, uh, like they'd be up for the championship, and I would hope they'd lose so we didn't have to go to the championships and ruin our entire I love the truth. I love the truth that you speak. <laughs> but it was true because that meant usually that our vacations went right down the tube. Exactly. It was always so tied practice. to their, the baseball schedule or whatever it is. Ugh. So I used to be sitting there, Lauren, thinking, what other mother is sitting here um, hoping that they lose? <laughs> they lose. Probably a lot of them. Probably. Um, but afraid to say it. Here's something I want to just bring up. Oh, have you, did you see this online? This was called, I assume this is true, obese, there's such thing, not in the United States yet, but the obesity police. No. <laughs> obesity police and national waistline. This is like really, I, I had heard about it, and then it came up online. Now, whether this is true or not, folks, I don't know. But apparently in Japan, they are forcing, and this is like 56 million adults, to undergo mandatory waistline examination. You know what? I did hear this a couple weeks ago. How could they do that? That's shocking to me, but it's not shocking in another country. I mean, I can see it. I get it. Well, it's a democratic society, but I guess... They just, I mean, the same thing is happening in Japan that's happened to us, and if they look at us as a role model, a negative role model, they don't want that to happen. So men with, Lauren, men with waistlines over 33.5 inches and women over 35.4 inches, that's, my hips are 34 inches. Hips and waist are hugely different, my friend. Yeah, they're, no, they're not I'm, saying, hip, oh, hips, I see what you're saying. I right. mean, that's a huge waist is what, Wait, what I'm saying. Hip, 30, what was the hips for women, 35.5 they didn't. No, they don't have hips. They say waists for women have to be over thirty-five point four inches. Yeah, that's a big. That's a big waist. And I'm saying it's a huge waist. It's it's bigger than my hip. Mine too. Yeah. And and if they <laughs> people are going to hate us now, they are going to hate us. But that's okay. Um, thirty-five point four inches will be ordered to slim down if they have hips. If they have waists over thirty-five point four inches, and, if and they actually for men, that's pretty small. Thirty-three point three. That's pretty small for a guy. That's very small for a guy. Yeah. I'm not even going to tell you what Barry's waist is. I mean, he's like a middle-aged man. I mean, (laughs) I know what his waist is. I know my kids, my boys, like they have 30, 31-inch waist. They're skinny. Yeah, that's skinny. That is a skinny guy. And I know Rob, he's over 33.5 for certain. He's only 36. Yeah. 37. No, he's going to be 37. You don't even know how old he is. Uh, 38. I always forget. Years just go by, you know. I know. (laughs) Well, if their hips, if their waists are not the right size, men and women, men 33.5, women waist 35.4, they're going to be sentenced to a six-month government-run health re-education program. I think that's amazing. And parts of me say I think it's great. And the other part says, wow, that's quite the control. I, me too. I'm conflicted. It's like, you know, really, government coming in, you know, it's just like the pro-choice thing. The government. But quite frankly, right who's the one that subsidizes issues when people on, you know, people are not, don't have health care and have health issues? The government. Yeah, you're right. And Well, that's part of the problem here. They say health costs for obese citizens are literally eating into government budgets. 
I mean, literally. Yeah, literally, and it's true, and it's you know it's billions of dollars a year. So the government wants to do something about it. I think it's interesting. I don't know if that would ever happen here. We have thirty seconds left. We have two guests this morning. We're going to have uh, the Smart Girls Guide to Sports. Liz Hartman Musiker, an essential handbook for women who don't know a slam dunk from a grand slam, and I don't. <laughs> and then Project Working Moms, so we're going to have uh, Stephanie Clark. She's the, one of the consultants for that program. I'm Catherine Zox, Lauren Beller. Don't go away, ladies. We'll be back in a minute. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> See, there you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. We all have issues. Parenting, addictions, disorders, anxiety, stress. How do we expand on what's working and improve what's not? Let Quantum Leaps with Beth Wilson bring you a high-energy approach to personal growth and creative life change. Listen every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Women's Channel. Let Beth bring you back to sanity with a blend of humor and perspective so you can make the change you need. Quantum Leaps with Beth Wilson. Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, here on Voice America Women's Channel. Finally, radio that was made just for you. Voice America Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to The Catherine Zox Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone, Voice America Women's Network, with my co-host, Lauren Beller, and with our guest, Liz Hartman, musicer, author of The Smart Girl's Guide to Sports. Liz is a, or she describes herself as a tireless sports enthusiast, 
former publicity director at Pocket Books, which is Simon & Schuster, lives in Manhattan, uh, and is more of a Yankees fan than a Mets fan, which horrifies her son and her husband. Okay, the Smart Girl's Guide to Sports, an essential handbook for women who don't know a slam dunk from a grand slam, and I don't. I don't know about you, Lauren. Do you know the difference? No, I don't know. I don't the either. I thought that when you said it earlier, I was like, I don't know the difference. I'm going to learn something good today. Yeah, we have to learn about all about sports, but also why? Why should we learn about this stuff? Liz, welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning. Thank you very much, and congratulations on being number one. <laughs> Even though we don't know what number exactly. one is, <laughs> just take it and go with it. <laughs> we are. We're going to take it. And we're going to go with it. That's why we don't know anything about sports. But I think it's a great little book. I, I mean, I was really having fun with it. I was. Thank I met, you. I'm in Cape Cod, and I'm on the beach, and I'm reading it, and I'm laughing. And it, I should have known. I mean, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I should have known all this stuff earlier. Okay. So why do we need to know about sports, number one? why? Because women don't. You talk about in the book men have a sports gene, which they definitely do, and we don't have it. Absolutely. Men seem to be able to retain every useless sports statistic ever known. And yet, of course, they can't remember, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, that you had a meeting at that night, so they have to pick up the kids, all that stuff. Um, but the, the the dirty little secret about sports is it's really not that difficult to sort of know a little bit. It's quite easy, in fact. And the reason why it's important is because it is everywhere, particularly in America. Um, worldwide, there's a couple of sports that are huge, like soccer, which they call football, of course. But here in America, it's like all sports all the time. And women who, you know, are... I think um, capable of doing 8 million things more than men should really know this element. You know, it's on the front page of the Times. Men talk about it all the time. And it's sort of this tool. Um, One of the reasons I wrote the book is I found it enormously helpful in business, that it kind of uh, literally leveled the playing field and was a real entree into kind of that men's world, which unfortunately still exists to a certain extent. It's kind of like playing golf with the guys. You talk about bonding through football, and I never thought about that. You know, where were you? You were at some meeting, and and suddenly you knew something about football far more than what I did. I mean, you mentioned a couple of some player or something, and everybody all of a sudden, whoa, you know, when E.F. Hutton speaks, they looked at you. Right, that was Exactly, it was one of those moments um, when, when I was at Pocket, I'm actually now at a different publishing company, but the sales director there was great, but he was sort of a traditional, I mean, he was almost a throwback like to that 1950s organization man. And although I was at the level of vice president, he was at the level of vice president, there was this definite gender wall. And then, yeah, I got to a meeting early, a bunch of, it was me and a bunch of guys, and they were talking about the football game, and I said, oh, yeah, that was an amazing catch that Jerry Rice made. And for those who don't know, Jerry Rice was um, a, a tight end on the 49ers when they were huge with Joe Montana as quarterback. And the guys just, like, stared at me like I had, you know, spoken some alien speak that only they understood. And it was just great. You know, then suddenly it's kind of like, oh, she's not all business. She's not, you know. So they had a new respect for you because they you, had a new yeah. respect, exactly. All right, and, and you're saying in the book, and you take – you know, you take all well, several football, baseball, <clears throat> soccer, uh, golf, boxing, mm-hmm. hockey, all of those, and mm-hmm. you kind of put them in a framework so that I mean, if we are ladies mm-hmm. read it, we will have an understanding of each one of those games. But you, exactly. there's a way to do it. Talk to us about the way to do it because it is going to give us a what did you say, a foothold in business, which is right. what we're trying to do. And in the home, you know, I mean, the, the fact is that we can't escape it. So it, it is sort of if you can't beat them, join them approach. 
but sports can be fun. My book is basically like a giant cheat sheet. I just give the real basics to understanding the game a little more. I mean, it depends upon the sport. Most women know enough about baseball to kind of understand it. But if you take it to that next level, then you can sort of understand why why when a pitcher pitches a perfect game, it's on the front page of the Times. Um, Football, American football, has always been a little more complicated, but really once you learn a few things, you can kind of tell what's going on and, and get into it. But um, this book isn't to make you a sports fanatic. It's to try to get you to enjoy the game, to sort of talk the talk. It is a giant cheat sheet. I mean, you don't have to know that much. And, in fact, what you'll find is that a lot of men really only know about one sport. They sort of pretend to know. But they really, if you pay attention, they're really only talking about one. And then if you're asking about something else, they, um, they falter a bit. So if we um, get your book and you read the book and you go through each one of these sports, because you have several, yes. you're going to be really ahead of the game, ahead of the guys? In certain, <laughs> in certain aspects. I mean, again, because I don't have that sports gene, I don't think I'll ever know as much about football and baseball as my husband and son. But on the other hand, they don't really know anything about hockey because that's not their sport. So um, it was quite a victorious day for me when my husband was like, wow, I really learned a lot about hockey from your book. <laughs> so, um, you so know, and, I, and, and, and as you, you saw in the book, I try to way, put right? it in a girlfriend talk, you know. You yeah. can explain basketball through black pants in a way. So... But then, um, it's, well, you have to have a lot of women reading your book list because otherwise you have no other women to talk to about these sports. <laughs> I think that's part of it. You got to keep on. T- you got to be in the game, so to speak. You have to be talking about it all the time. Right, uh, right. Yeah. And I'm not a fanatic. I mean, one of the things I recommend to women too is to not try to follow a whole season like baseball. Quite honestly, there's hundreds of games. It just it becomes tedious. Get into it towards the end of the season when the playoffs are going on and when something's really at stake, you know. That's generally when I pay attention. I mean, certain sports I watch, you know, from beginning to end, but most of them I just kind of tune in when something really exciting is going on. Yeah, well, you say, here's like, I mean, I don't know if this is a cheat sheet kind of thing, but, you t- you know, players you need to know. So you take the top players in each one of these mm-hmm. fields. Hey, it's like, you know, learn who they are, just like a hero, you know, the heroine in a novel or whatever it is. So you right. know who the top guys are or... In each well, one of these, yeah. In American history, a lot of these names are batted around as these heroic, iconic figures, and to a certain extent, some of them are. Jackie Robinson integrating baseball, um, Muhammad Ali, um, Joe DiMaggio, his grace, and it's sort of like you hear these names and you think, well, why were they such a big deal? And generally, the players that you keep hearing about throughout history were special for one reason or another, whether it was political, social, combination of things. But they are part of our heritage, and they are part of our American history in a way. I mean, sports is such a fundamental part of our culture that that's a part of it, too. So I try to just give, like, snapshots. So it's kind of like, oh, that's why everybody loves Joe DiMaggio, or that's why what do you Abe think it does for us, though? Deal. I think you're touching on something. I mean, it is so much a part of our culture. So as women, if we don't have any idea about any of these sports figures or what it is, we're kind of there's a whole piece there that we're missing. Like exactly, yeah, exactly. So, what is it that it what it does for men, like sports and um, and knowledge of it and watching the games? It's, what is it that what's the plus for it? I mean, what would be the plus for us besides? Giving us a one-upsmanship or you know equality with males in the workplace with this information, like it's a culture. What do you think? What would what, for women? What does it do for us? Well, one thing is it gives us 
a tool to use in awkward situations, be they business or social. I mean, me- women will start talking about hair. Men will start tar- talking about sports. So it's just kind of something that you can throw in there. Um, again, it's very useful in a business situation when you're the only woman. I found it also very helpful in raising my son. Um, Good or bad, boys in this country are immediately attracted to sports, drawn to sports, led to sports, essentially. And boys also sometimes, unlike girls, they, they kind of retreat when, they're, when they get moody. Instead of getting kind of catty and nasty like teenage girls can, they kind of get quiet and sullen. And I found a great way to draw out my son was to just start talking sports. Um, so it's and again, a bonding I, most, thing with your and, son. Personally, not just in the workplace, you're saying like mothers of sons is Absolutely. a way of connecting, connecting in a way that daughters connect through, like you said, weight and hair and clothes mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And I have three boys, so I'm listening. I mean, I'm, it might be a little late for me, but I, that's a really good, I, I, that's, I think that's a great, more than a suggestion, I think that's a really good thing to do with your, with your boys. Your and boys. again, and boys love it. If you, if you say, you, you can just begin the conversation and then, and then say, well, explain to me, you know, I don't really understand that. What would make, you know, uh, an 11 or 14 year old boy happier than to tell their mom something, you know, to take charge for that moment? It's kind of empowering for them and you can learn something from them. So, um, and we had some fun moments when I was writing the book. Like, there's, there's this move called the pick and roll in basketball. And it's very hard to explain in writing, but it's one of those things you kind of see it when you know it. Well, I must have had my son and husband demonstrate the pick and roll like 500 times in the den. I'm like, just do it one more time. So, and, uh, so you know, it's fun. It, the, the thing about sports is the other great thing is it's non political. You can have whatever favorite team or whatever favorite player you want. And nobody can really take that away from you. Um, it, it, it's sort of this very, everybody's entitled to whatever they think. You can go for the worst player, the losing team, and just say, well, I really like him because he seems like a sweetheart, you know. Yeah. Uh, in New York, part of Derek Jeter's appeal is that he always waves to his parents and he kisses them before games. I mean, uh, besides being what I call a hottie and being a great player, there are those personal characteristics yeah. that matter so it's a very lot social. It's a, Liz, it's a very social thing in a very positive way is what you're saying. Exactly. Family, business, and the book, I mean, the, seriously, if you get your book, I mean, you have all the information you need. You define the key terms, the players, the trivia, how they talk, the whole thing. It's so simple. It's so easy. And you have, it's like taking a course, kind of like you have this whole new body of knowledge, which is what I like to have anyway, just as in addition. So, and you also, I think the last thing I have to say, I should let you say the last thing. But, uh, <laughs> Go gives, right ahead. You're the gives, TV host. I'm just a sports person. Well, it kind of gives you a feeling or a sense of power. I mean, it really kind of gives you, it empowers you, I think. That's what the, your book does. So Absolutely. It's easy and it's fun. And I tried to make my book, you know, almost not silly, but just easy medicine to go down, and then, you know, it's almost like you have nothing to lose with sports. It's yeah. kind of, it's all good. Yeah, it is. It's all good. Thanks so much for being on the show this morning. You can get Liz's book online, bookstores everywhere, The Smart Girl's Guide to Sports, an essential handbook for women who don't know a slam dunk from a grand slam. Liz Hartman Musiker. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks for being on. We're going to take a break right now, Lauren and I. We will be back on Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with a microphone, Catherine Zox. Don't go away.
We talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. Are the days passing by faster than you can believe? Do your kids, job, pets, family, errands, and life demands leave no time left for you? Listen to Life Tune-Ups with Lauren Slocum each week. You can have it all, balance it, and truly enjoy your life. Be ready to have fun, laugh, and learn from celebrities and everyday heroes. We don't need an entire life overhaul, just a little bit of tweaking for our lives to be what we want. Life Tune-Ups with Lauren Slocum, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Women's Network. Your life is waiting for you. Hello? Hi, Bill? Uh, this is George Dewey from up the street. Oh, hey, George. How you doing? Good, good. Say, I noticed you've been walking to work these days instead of driving. Mm. And I uh, don't quite know how to say this, but... But... But what? But... But... Your butt. Your buttocks. Your butt. I think I found your butt on my front lawn. Cap, you recently lost it. As a matter of fact, I have, George. It's about time someone noticed. Well, it was kind of hard to miss, if you know what I mean. Anyways, would you like it back? Would I like it back? Mm, no, not really. So it's okay if I throw it out. Sure, that's fine. Take it easy, George. Small step number eight. Walk instead of driving whenever you can. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to help you become a healthier, well, you. Get started at www.smallstep.gov and take a small step to get healthy. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Talking about what you care about. News, relationships, health, finances. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. This is The Catherine Zox Show. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. Catherine Zox and Lauren Beller, my co-host, Voice America Women's Network. We are number one. We're not sure what that means in terms of numbers, but we are number one, aren't we, Lauren? We are. I we love are. it. And we're going to be number one with the ladies today because we got, this is like a really good show today. I'm really this, this, our next guest is Stephanie Clark. She is the founder of My Daughter's Keeper, which is a nonprofit organization that works to empower mothers, women, and girls. Also, the author of Life Is a Single Mom. It isn't easy, or is it? No, it isn't. <laughs> not easy, period. You don't even have to answer that question. You can go to projectworkingmom.com for more information about what we're talking about today. But she's a friend of Project Working Mom, and we're going to find out what that is. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Stephanie. Good morning, Catherine. How are you? We are fine. And uh, Lauren uh, is a, a perfect example of Project Working Mom, I think. She's not single, but... Uh, her two-year-old was almost on the show with us this morning because the nanny didn't get here in time. So. And it wouldn't okay. have been the first time. And it wouldn't have been the first time, right. Exactly. Hi, Lauren. Hello. <laughs> okay, so, Stephanie, first, uh, should we talk about, uh, you know, what is Project Working Mom? Well, Project Working Mom um, is an initiative created by eLearners.com, um, and it's a collaboration between several universities, um, American Sentinel University, Ashford University, Capella University, Everest University Online, and Penn Foster College. 
And these universities have collaborated with the Project Working Mom campaign to provide over $2 million in scholarships for working moms to pursue an online education. So what gets in the way besides money, because that's one of the things for women to pursue an, an education, that's, that's one of the difficult things. What keeps moms from going ahead and pursuing, what, you know, in terms of, of education? What, what, what gets in the way? Well, I think the biggest barrier is time. We're all so busy today, and as a working mom, you know, our children are our number one priority. Um, and I work with a lot of single moms, and many of, uh, and I'm single myself, and many single moms are working uh, multiple jobs, you know, to take care of their household. So time is a big factor. And then I think confidence. You know, many of the um, working moms have been out of school for a while, and maybe, you know, they don't have that same level of confidence about going to school, um, you know, in a traditional setting because they know they're going to be sitting in a class with much younger students. So an online education, you know, is the ideal way for working moms to be able to go back to school to obtain their degrees. So how does an online education work? Because I never really understood it. So I'm, gl- I'm, I'm really glad you're on the show today. I mean, let's you know, let's say uh, take an example of one of the working moms who, as you say, doesn't have or feels she doesn't have the time or the money or the confidence. What do they do, and how do they get their education online through this project, through Project Working Mom? Well, for those um, working moms who are fortunate enough to receive the scholarship, basically they are put in contact with that university that's going to be providing the scholarship. Um, And depending on the type of degree that they want to pursue, whether it's an associate, a bachelor's, or a master's program, you know, there is a particular online curriculum that they, um, you know, will have to adhere to. But again, the advantage of online education is it offers convenience meaning that um, you don't have the, have the same time restraints um, as far as having to report to class on a certain date and a certain time. Through online education, it provides that level of flexibility where if you work during the day and then you come home and you have to prepare dinner for your kids and do all the other 50 million things we do, you can, once the kids are asleep, you can go online and you can um, look, look up your assignments for the week um, and then work, you know, based on your your time, um, what's convenient for you. So it just provides that level of flexibility um, as well as, you know, not having to find a babysitter to, to go to classes. Um, you know, but that's I think that's the biggest difference is that, you know, you have that level of flexibility where you don't have to be in class on a certain date or a certain time as long as you get your assignments in by, you know, whatever that deadline is. Also, you're not driving somewhere and using gas. I mean, that's costly. Absolutely. Yeah, or getting today. Yeah, very you know, costly. That's a big savings for working moms, um, you know, today, not having to utilize the gas. But also, you, you do have access to your professors online, which is, when you think about it, that's how we communicate mostly anyway, um, via email and text messaging. So you still have access, you know, to the, the same support that you would receive you know, if you were attending a traditional college setting. So how does it work in terms of the interaction between the uh, the mom who's taking the course and the professor? I mean, can you talk, are they uh, lecturing? Do you see them lecturing in a, in, a, in a video situation and then you can email them questions? Or do you have any, um, are you connected to any other of the students who are taking the course at that time? Well, you know what, I, I think for each of these um, universities who are participating, you know, their um, program may be um, set up a little differently, but there may be some 
standard um, things that are allowed um, just because it's online education. And again, access to your your your, um, your professor is something that um, you would have pursuing a degree online. And also, you know, you would have access to um, other people who are pursuing the same courses or degrees um, where you would be able to communicate with them via, you know, a chat room setting or just, again, corresponding via email. Stephanie, so, again, based on our busy schedules um, and just having that level of flexibility to be able to, you know, sort of study on your own time, um, it's, it's a what about the time frame in terms of does it take less time to get the degree? Because, like, can you go at your own accelerated pace or not accelerated? Let's say you want to get a bachelor's or a, an associate's degree in, 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 in real time or when you go to a classroom it takes approximately two years. Does it take less time online? Like if you want to step it up and, and, and do it faster or quicker, you can do that? You know what, Catherine, I'm, I'm not really sure about that answer. But I, I would imagine, um, and this is based on um, someone that I know personally who has um, pursued online education, is that um, you, it's, still the, you, it's still the same time period as if you were going to go to an actual traditional college um, to pursue a, um, an associate degree, two years to pursue a bachelor's degree, four years. Um, so because, again, you know, I think the major difference is that you, you um, don't have to be physically present in class, but yet the actual time requirements that um, you would put into going to class and working on certain assignments is still required through online education. Although, again, it may vary um, based on different universities. But if you go to the website, projectworkingmom.com, you can get a lot of this, this probably answer a lot of the questions. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That website, projectworkingmom.com, it has lots of information um, about online education, and there are many links, uh, particularly to the five universities that are participating where you can actually go and research their specific programs, whether, again, you want to pursue an associate's, a bachelor's, or a master's degree, and they provide more details, more specific details about the time requirements, um, access to your professors, and, you know, the level of interaction you would have with others who, were, who are participating in that same program. And Stephanie, it says, at least on the website, that uh, this is uh, the, the, the sponsor, the, the person, the, uh, the group that does this is elearners.com. And there was a little bullet that says they have partnerships with Oprah.com and USAToday.com. Uh, if you go to those websites, you could really see some of these success stories, women who have been very successful at doing this, who That's have already right. completed the course. Which is, That's right. Yeah. So you have examples, uh, uh, you know, to, to take a look at. But you're talking about a lot of women who have taken advantage of these scholarships. Um, Absolutely. Um, since I, want, I, I just want to make sure that, it, let's say somebody's listening and say, oh, I'd like to do this because we only have, you know, we have a few minutes left. What, what would they do? How would they apply for the scholarship? Well, first thing they need to do is they need to visit um, projectworkingmom.com. All of the information um, is on that website, and basically what you need to do is to submit a brief essay. So it doesn't require a lot of time, and it's not a long application process. You're basically just going to share with them why you should be selected to receive a scholarship. And, you know, there are millions of working moms out there, many of them who are stuck in dead-end jobs, who desire to go back to school, but for those reasons, lack of money, time, and confidence, just really feel like um, they cannot obtain their degrees. But e-learners through Project Working Moms is providing that opportunity and actually giving working moms a hand up 
and being a wonderful resource to working moms who want to go back to school and pursue their education. Well, there was the first phase of the project, I guess, when you first offered these scholarships, and it was so successful that now this is the second phase of offering scholarships. That's right. Yeah. Um, this past January was um, when they initially launched um, Project Working Mom 1, and more than 50,000 moms applied online to um, receive a, um, a scholarship. So because of the success rate, um, they decided that they were going to um, do a Project Working Moms 2, um, a back-to-school version, so um, working moms can go online and apply up um, through August 31st to um, receive a scholarship. Stephanie, you uh, it, it, contacting us, which is what you've mentioned, but they, I just want to you know be sure that women know that they can go to Project Working Mom, and then it's broken down into different categories: scholarships, uh, the the projects, the women who have won the scholarships. There's, yes. there's, there's just so much information there. So you... and, it, and it's also a wonderful resource tool for other working moms to connect with other working moms from around the country. Because sometimes we're just, because we're working so hard and we're taking care of our families, we sometimes feel overwhelmed and feel like we're the only ones going through what we're going through. So it's great to have a, su- a support network, and, and that's what's offered through Project Working Moms as well. Yeah, that's really important. That's probably one of the, you know, it's just as important, especially women in this kind of, because you can be isolated, you know, especially when you're home and you're in, actually if you're taking your course online, you are somewhat isolated. So being able to have these other women as a support group is fantastic from all over the, do you have to live in the United States? Yes. Okay, so it's for women living in the United States. We want to make that clear. But anyway, and, and you have your own. We don't have enough. We have one minute left, but I'm going to whet people's appetite because they should go to your website because you also have, you are the founder of My Daughter's Keeper Incorporated, which is in North Brunswick, New Jersey, where I used to live for 15 oh, years. Wonderful. Yes, that's another show. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would love to come on and talk about that. Yeah. Talk that's... about what we do working with mothers and their um, adolescent daughters to help strengthen relationships. Well, that's Definitely needed. So great having you on the show this morning, Stephanie. And thank you, uh, Catherine. Yeah, projectworkingmom.com. You can also go to Stephanie's website, which is my daughter's keeper. And uh, org. Talking... I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. It's my daughter's keeper. org. org. Yes. Okay. Good. org. Stephanie Clark. Thanks so much. Thank you. We're going to take a short break right now. I'm Catherine Sox, Voice America Women's Network. Don't go away. Lauren and I'll be back in a minute. radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Join Gina Alzade every Wednesday for Journey with Gina. This program explores the modern-day issues that affect the body, mind, and spirit, aiming to help you gain and use critical life skills to overcome your challenges with grace and ease. Aim to come into your own power and make a difference in your life and the lives of those around you. Manage your stress and life transitions and create balance and harmony in your life. Journey with Gina is heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Hey, how you doing? Educational videos, top quality, right here. You'll never hear anyone selling education on the street. Yo, what's up, baby? Want to learn some history? 
I got live learning, beautiful books inside. And don't expect anyone to just offer you an education. Who needs a high school diploma, huh? And fortunately, you can't buy a diploma from some guy with a briefcase. But there is one way you can get the educational skills you and your family need for free with free family learning programs. Call 1-877-FAMLET-1 for information on free GED, computer training classes, and other family learning programs. That's 1-877-FAMLIT-1. Check it out, check it out. Want your GED right here, guaranteed, ma. Come on, check it out. After all, you can't get your education on the street. Free family learning programs from the National Center for Family Literacy. The first step to a better life. Brought to you by the National Center for Family Literacy and the Ad Council. Great guests, great stories, great listening. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to The Catherine Zox Show. Good morning. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone with Lauren Beller. I'm just about to lose my voice here. You are, not you. That doesn't happen to you. I know. I was going to do a big clearing of the throat, but I don't think that's going to be very attractive. <laughs> have a big glass of water while we're talking. Uh, interesting program. I mean, that's a Project Working Mom. That's very cool for a lot of ladies out there. I oh, mean, my these, goodness. Yeah. It could change someone's life. It's, to me, it's the difference between feeling like you have a, a opportunity to change your life and feeling like you don't. Exactly. I mean, it really does. So, I mean, and the website, like I said, I was saying to uh, Stephanie, is like, uh, just, just go to the website if any, you know, for listeners who are want to know about it for themselves or their daughters or anybody else. But anyway, but Stephanie also, that she has this group, Lauren, it's called my daughter, this organization called My Daughter's Keeper, uh, org, which is a nonprofit organization in North Brunswick, New Jersey, uh, founded in 2002, serves the needs of mothers and daughters throughout New Jersey and nationally. I guess she helps, I mean, she had, it looks to me like maybe she had some issues with her own daughter, and of course that was the motivation for starting this thing. But uh, it's uh, new lease on life, counseling, mentoring, sisters exchanges, uh, all kinds of things, all kinds of services for mothers, caretakers, preteens, teenage girls. Looks pretty cool, actually. You know what's so interesting is I listen to you and our, and you know, what we talk about every week, and then I listen to the news, and it's so glim, glum, and grim, drear, grim <laughs> and dreary, and then you're, you're so, I mean, everywhere you turn is an opportunity, and I think in this, the more grim and glum things get, I think the more there is opportunity in the Internet in and of itself. Look at these Internet-based businesses. Uh, you know, the Internet, uh, and, and it does, it ties into, you know, you talk about grim and, and forebo- you know, all the bad stuff, and gas prices are four exactly. or five dollars a gallon. Okay, so now you can't drive as much, then get on the Internet. And exactly, and, and there's such an opportunity. It's like, it's um, it's such an opportunity. As I'm sitting here listening to her, you know, both of the guests, actually, of what they, just the glimpses of an idea they've turned into successful businesses. So I just think anybody that's listening that has the, a glimmer of an idea it is such hope for anything that you can accomplish. If you can think it, you can create it. Exactly. And if you can't even think it, go online and try to research it, and you'll find it. It's I mean, true. It's amazing. And I have become addicted to the Internet like I used to. I like television, too, because I like to watch other talk shows, and I get ideas. And some of the, You know, it, it, 
in the business, and it's, I think it's good to watch other talk shows and to just watch television and listen to the radio, which I do. But now I'm really getting addicted. I'm sort of changing my allegiance to the Internet and watching less TV, and I'm on the Internet more, watching the shows that I want to watch when I want to watch exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. And... I mean, there's just there's just so much out there. You know, I sent you that thing on the first wives world. Yes, they I wanted checked it out. out. Yeah, uh, which is an interesting concept. I don't know. This is like uh, I know the the woman who started the program because she was a radio talk show host, Debbie Nigro, very very nice lady. Anyway, and um, she's uh, they started this. It's an online resource for women. First wives world. I'm not sure I would want to be. I'm a was a first wife also, um, and as was I. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're a second wife. <laughs> exactly. And There's a new I see an opportunity. <laughs> you don't want to get like Christy Brinkley. No. Is she a fourth or a fifth wife? No. Oh, we were talking about her at breakfast this morning. Um, what happened? She, Her husband, what was he doing? He was having cam sex? Oh, God. It was, and it wasn't, wasn't it a teenager? Oh, I thought it was somebody who was over 18. Oh, no, the, maybe you're right. I don't know. I thought it was maybe like, maybe just 18. I didn't think it was it was on the edge, boy. <laughs> yeah, I, cam sex seems kind of interesting to me. I mean, if you do it with the right, <laughs> the right, <laughs> well, it's like phone sex except taken one step further, right? I guess so. Yeah. So, do you know a lot of people who have cam sex, or I don't know. I do. I I don't know anybody that has cam sex, or you don't know anybody who admit that they have it. If they do, they haven't told me. Yeah. I'm out of the loop on it. <laughs> Do you know anybody that has cancer? Well, nobody who's told me, but I'm sure that I know people who have. I can't imagine that if it's there, they're going to have it. Um, and I just, I'm curious. I'm sure that it's a big thing now. See, maybe we need somebody on the show to talk to us about cam sex. Maybe they won't tell us who they are, but they'll be on the show. Yeah, I have to Google that after the show. But anyway, so what does she do? So now she's divorcing her husband because he had cam sex with, with a an 18-year-old? I think I think she was 17 or 18. It was very. It was that was the issue. I thought. Well, it, I guess there's two issues. But the point is, is that you know, if you're going to do it, that's the safest way to do it. It's safe sex. Is I mean, that's absolutely. You're not putting your partner in any risk at all, really. No, physically. you're not. You're not. I mean, you can't get any kind of STDs from having cam sex. Nope. I don't think. And uh, yeah, so it is safe sex. I think it's as close to. It's sort of like live porn. Yeah. Yeah. Depends who you're doing it with. <laughs> yes, I mean, live, like, you know, you could get online and look at pornography and yeah. pictures and all that, and this is, happens to be someone that you probably do it with, you know, consistently. And it's a great way to maintain a relationship. Let's say you do have a relationship, like your, your partner, or your girlfriend, your boyfriend. You can't spend a lot of time together. Well, like you and Rob, he's in California. I mean, that's one way. <laughs> you were going to go there. I knew it. <laughs> but I have to tell you a story, a real story. My neighbor and I were walking the other day. And her daughter is my age with a two kids, same age as Sierra and one younger. And her husband travels two weeks of every month um, overseas. And they have been doing a ton of family dinners over the cam. So two hours a day they're online with the kids, so they have family dinners together. I thought you were going to say they have done hours and hours of cam sex. Well, you know what? I, now that you're saying this, who knows if they don't? Yeah, they probably do, but she told you about the family dinners. Well, her, she didn't tell her mom about the cam sex. She told her mom about the cam dinners. I, I think you need both. I'm sure you, well, you do need both. Yeah, I think that's very cool. And I think, boy, two, hey, two weeks out of the, the month, um, that really is a way of keeping you connected. I think, uh, couples connected. I think that's a great idea. 
cam sex. Cam sex. I, you know, I have to tell you, I um, I think that there's a lot going on out there, and I I think that there's we have to be able to find someone to talk about it. And, and positive. I can't imagine how many negatives. I mean, of course, if you're cheating on your wife, I mean, is that okay? And who is that? And that's a whole other ethical issue. Is it issue. cheating? Is it cheating? Yeah. Is it the same, or is it the same thing? Or, or is, is it just like, you know, men on their computer looking at porn, or women even? Yeah. Is it the same as looking at porn? It's a little bit different, or in, or like taking, it used to be Playboy magazine or whatever it was. Is that cheating? Exactly. I mean, or, is it? That's course, the question. And a, there's no right or wrong answer to it, I think. I think that it's so personal. Yeah, so what do you think, ladies? I mean, if it's somebody who he or she knows, then it adds a different dimension, dimension. to it. Totally it does. does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, there, so I think maybe that is it's a different kind of cheating. It would be interesting in a court of law. I'm thinking about divorce. You've been divorced. I've been divorced. Um, you know, half the people in this country have been divorced. Like, well, let's say you're trying to, couples go to court trying to prove adultery. Does cam sex count? Count? I don't, I, I can't imagine that as, that would count. As adultery? Um, which would be interesting. Because, I mean, see, you know, the Internet changes all a lot. I mean... Everything. It yeah, changes everything. Exactly. I hadn't really thought about it in terms of cheating or adultery, but I wonder if that if that constitutes adultery. I mean, I'm shocked the phone's not ringing. Afterwards, people email you. Who wants to get on the line? Hey, anybody wants to? If, any, you know, what is the number? I it, actually, <laughs> I always have the number here, and then I never can find it because um, in the intro here we do have the number. Anybody? It's eight eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. That's eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven. Think about it. You know, if you don't want to respond this week, you can respond next week too because. Um, I'd be interested to talk to a divorce attorney. I'm curious about that, uh, you know, in terms of whether that would, cam sex would be considered adultery and could be used in a court of law against you. So interesting, the topic. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we've talked about cam sex now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've only touched on that one. We've only touched on it, exactly. And are you... Oh, no pun intended. Well, how about this one? What about for teenagers? This will be, you know, this is going to come up with your daughter. I mean, are you still a virgin if you've had cam sex or you're not or what? Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, all this kind of... This it, you ha- yes, of course you are still a virgin yeah. if you've had cam sex. Yeah, you are. It's just cam sex. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't count for you've lost your virginity or anything like that. I don't that. think so. No. Not technically. No. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you're going to have to deal with all that stuff. I mean, you have a two-year-old daughter, and things are going to change. And by the time she is 14 years old, and it's not going to be that far away, maybe 13 years old, there's going to be all this stuff on television. And uh, the Internet. I mean, on the Internet, right, not television, on the Internet, that you're going to have to deal with this stuff, sex on the Internet. I, it's, and it's not just going to be porn stuff. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's changing, and you're going to be right in the, in the middle of it. I know. Yeah. I don't. I think it's okay. I'm not dreading it. No, don't. You, you have fun with it. It's with 30, <laughs> 30 seconds left. We have to say goodbye. Um, have a great week, my dear. You have a great week, too. Thank you. I'll talk, <laughs> I'll talk to you next week. And thanks for joining Lauren and me this morning, everyone. It's been a great morning. You've been listening to Voice America Women's Network. I'm Catherine Sox with Lauren Beller. Uh, as I said, have a great week, and we'll see you next Thursday. <laughs> 